Hello and welcome to another episode of the So Toxipod. I've lost track of what number of episode we are in in this season. I think it may be episode 15. It's season two, episode something, yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite sure, but I guess we're close to jumping to episode uh, to season three, so that's exciting. How are you doing today, Toby? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah, we, we were talking amongst the two of us uh, just now. <laughs> but yeah, so the Netherlands is, is shutting down and I'm kind of in... Yeah, going no. through the shock of that um because i don't know uh how my next week will look like because i was planned uh, to have quite a bit of work uh to be done uh for my research project and uh yeah i don't really know how that's going to be going well from, from my on. end my work will con- con- continue to be virtual because yeah. uh well, my workspace is technically in the Netherlands, but I don't think that will change now. I will still be at home. Um, well, then let's talk about uh, yesterday. I think the Dutch government basically said, OK, as of Sunday, the, 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 the country is going to go into a more strict lockdown. However, that is defined as I think we'll read up on it on your own. Don't trust us there. Um, but we really used our last day in the Netherlands. Exactly. The interesting <laughs> thing there is <laughs> sort of as these news were dropping yesterday, um, as these news were dropping yesterday, Scott and I, had, we had tickets to see the new Spider-Man and we're walking around Maastricht going, oh yeah, this will be nice, you know. <laughs> Mind you, it was packed because I drove into the city and I had to, I was in a 10 minute traffic jam just like when I decided to take a shortcut and go a different way because knowing the city helps um but it was packed all the parking spots were like fully booked fully taken everybody was out shopping and it was like the last day of the world essentially before it all closes down it kind of seemed like it after having received that news um yeah so we managed to go to the cinema and if this was the last day that Maastricht was open for like the next 10 years then that was quite a special moment to witness dude it's pretty funny I just realized as you were saying we watched the last screening of Spider-Man No Way Home in Maastricht until at least January 9th oh was it really yeah I mean cinemas are closing I thought there was another show after no we were the last showing of the day Right, because they closed at five. That was the previous thing, I assume, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, good for us then. We saw the last ever showing Spider-Man in the Netherlands. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> well, going well, away from the sad news, I guess. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, new movie. Um, very good movie. I mean, we talked about it a bit yesterday, uh, just the two of us, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I think there were some things, and, and let's let's keep this not super spoilery um i thought well, there were a few things my suggestion would be to actually talk about it but uh in the uh comment set or in the when we upload it we'll just say from here to here there's spider-man spoilers and then we can kind of gap in the time so people can fast forward that was my initial suggestion uh yeah we can do that sure if, uh, we, gotta well, make we don't it have to go into super gonna, much that it's gonna include here. spoilers though like maybe yeah, the yeah, episode yeah. title should, should say it Spider-Man spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the title. Great. Um, yeah. So, how did you like the movie? We sat not together, um, not out of will necessarily, but just because there were only two seats left on the opposite ends of the opposite row. Opposite ends of the <laughs> So we walked in and had, uh, you know, brought our own snacks and beverages, and <laughs> clinked and crunched around, and we're sitting <laughs> pretty far away. But yeah, it was a it was a good experience. Um, I mean, in the movies, you don't really need to sit next to people as talking is more 
less welcomed, I guess. Um, but yeah, we kick off that movie with uh, it kind of picking up right where the last one left off, which was uh, Spider-Man's big fight with Mysterio and all those crazy drones, and yep. essentially his identity is revealed. Also, also full sp- spoiler alert from here on out. Yeah, as we've said. Spoiler, spoiler, Just spoiler. Just want to make it clear. So Spider-Man's pretty pissed off that everybody kind of knows who he is now because he's getting all this unwanted attention. And um, essentially he's back um, <laughs> as public enemy number one, which I thought was an interesting, it, it, it really reminded me of like the, the end of Harry Potter, undesirable number one. I don't know, for some reason, it was a funny like public face. Everybody hates you because, well, the media says you're doing things that you obviously haven't done. Um, yeah, that's kind of to start the movie. If you I, wanna... I do quite I do quite enjoy um I do quite enjoy J. Jonah Jameson becoming uh what's his name? The guy who who turns the, on... the frogs game. He's essentially Alex, Alex Jones, Jones. In this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. And uh I like that they brought him back. Also, weirdly enough, into uh Tom Holland's universe, I guess. And this is kind of the the gist of yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, does this mean that that uh, uh, J.K. Simmons is uh, J. Jonah Jameson in every multiverse? Maybe just in the one that Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland have. Maybe. We don't know about Andrew Garfield. I actually don't know if J. Jonah Jameson was there. I'm not sure. Um, actually, yeah. I don't know either. I think he might have been. I think that was the joke, but for sure he... Yeah. Let's see. Uh, J. Jonah... Uh, anyway he's turned digital in this modern era uh therefore he's kind of the online conspiracy theorist so alex jones i think is a very apt comparison in terms of the um the quality output (laughs) the the conspiring um so the movie was really cool it was about two and a half hours long and uh i had moments where i was crying or like had tears building up in my eyes i had moments where i was laughing where i was kind of cheering um i think I'm really happy we watched this in the movies. I've heard, I've read this a lot already about the movie in general, that it's, it's such a fan pleaser that it's, it's better to watch it with a large audience. I mean, with Corona, it was slightly limited how large that audience was, but um, it was really cool to also hear others joyfully react and kind of their exclamations. And it really like got me further into the movie, into that, into that mindset. Yeah, there was a really fun moment where um, I was kind of like drumming on my on my thighs and I was going, oh, here it comes, here it comes. And I noticed like other people doing it as well. It was really gratifying. Yeah, and you didn't even feel bad for going like, oh, shit, or like those kind of like just saying things. People were just vibing together on it. Uh, yeah, so really cool. We haven't really mentioned a spoiler at all yet. Props to us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, there are three Spider-Men. Shocker. And I, it seems like the whole movie in some way or another can be summarized in that Spider-Man pointing meme. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually recreated that scene kind of or that meme a little bit to an extent when they were all in a room talking to each other and kind of, you know, talking and pointing at each other, which I thought was very funny, I have to say. Um, oh, speaking of memes, my favorite scene of the entire movie by far is... Um, <laughs> I'm something of a Willem scientist. Defoe going... <laughs> Well, I could help you. You see, I am somewhat of a scientist myself. <laughs> Great scene. So glad Actually, they did it. Last night, watched a clip of the original line and when it was done, and how many memes have been done since. And it's great. He almost identicalized the line. Like it was identical. Really cool. Yeah. Mm. 
So maybe you take us to the further parts of the movie then. Uh, sure. So his identity is revealed and we have a bit of a montage of um, Spider-Man going through a legal battle, which is used not as a device to really uh, bring the plot forward. And um, the whole identity revelation um, and the crimes that are placed upon him by Mysterio aren't really what drive the plot. What drives the plot is um, Peter Parker's struggle to come to terms with the fact that he's famous, right? And we see him uh, suffering from from success, as uh, Jaden Smith put it. Um yeah, and kind of coming to terms with that, how his whole how his whole reality and life is kind of blown up, and um, how how yeah, a young child or a young teenager uh, then has to deal with that, with suddenly in his own words becoming the most famous person in the world. I, I um, do want to challenge that real quick because mm-hmm. I would almost disagree. I think the the legal point of view, where like there was a few minutes where they were being questioned and like charges were being thrown at them and. It was like, oh shit, okay, this is going to be a court movie, kind of. You yeah, know, but like, see how this goes. But it was that whole thing was just there to witness his lawyer, Mr. Murdoch. I think that was the, the whole basis for that whole little thing. Because what motivates Peter, and you're absolutely right in saying the fame and like all of that overnight just craziness, is that his dream, because this is still somewhat of a high school movie and it's high school kids. They're, they're going to college. So they're writing their applications and him and his other two friends, MJ and Ned, they all get declined and, and not accepted, not based off their, their, their merit, but based off the fact that they're famous now for, or potentially um, involved in something sketchy to say the least. Yeah. Uh, therefore they're all, and Peter thinks that's so unfair because he knows he didn't do anything wrong and his two friends definitely didn't do anything wrong. Um, and that's kind of what leads him to knock on Dr. Strange's door. Yeah. And I'll kind of back but over. you talk no, you talk us through Doctor Strange because you had quite a strong opinion on on how Doctor Strange was portrayed in the movie. We well, I enjoyed that he was in there because it's always cool to see the MCU characters kind of feature in each other's movies. Um, and this was a big one for that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really show like the Avengers, like Civil War back then. But Doctor Strange was there, and he's like a magician, you know. And uh, there's a lot of funny sarcasm in the conversations they have and he goes into i forget what the place is called dr strange's house and um for oh, the sanctum sartorum thank or you. sanctum uh, sec- sectorium dr strange's house so yeah. he knocks on the strange house and uh comes in and essentially just explains to him what's going on and there's a lot of funny banter kind of back and forth and dr strange is is very bantery it's very like happy to talk and in all the previous movies he's been a dick essentially like his his initial character before turning into uh doctor strain when he was still just a surgeon in the first movie like he's just a dick and maybe he's changed over time and that's his character development which is cool but it wasn't really explained much because all of a sudden he was things saying things like you know uh scooby-doo this shit or something like that and I, I thought that was so out of character uh there's just a few moments where i thought like their, their collaboration and what's happening is fine, but the fact that Doctor Strange would take a wish of one kid and do a do any kind of spell that affects the whole world where he knows, like he's the guy in Endgame, where he assessed how many different million combinations of what could possibly happen and was like, no, we have to do this one. And he's very like greater good for the universe kind of guy. So this was a little odd to me. Um, that he decided to help Spider-Man because of him and his two other people that he's worried about. So from from his point of view, I didn't quite understand his motivation there. Maybe that's something we find out in his next movie. I don't know. 
Um, anyway, so they get to Doctor Strange and they do the spell to Peter Parker's like, I wish people would just forget about the last week, essentially. That's his intention of, of communication saying, you know, I wish Mysterio never revealed my identity to everyone. Mm-hmm. But the way the spell works, which he finds out halfway through the spell, which is also you know covered in the trailer extensively, is that he starts adding requests and the spell kind of gets out of hand and somehow the time continuum or fabric breaks and all of a sudden you have people from the multiverse appearing everywhere. So there are people from, from all different Peter Parker lives in, in the various universes that kind of come together and and and, and look for this Peter or, or are drawn to this universe, um, which yields into the exciting uh um, the rest of the movie that you have all of the previous bad guys from from all Spider-Man creations and movie franchises. So from Green Goblin over Doc Ock to Electro and the Lizard Doctor dude. I don't know. He, he, I have the least respect for him. Lizard. Just, yeah. What a weird bad guy. He's a lizard with a British accent. He's essentially a, a revamped, more poorly done version of the Green Goblin. In my opinion, like he's a scientist and he does something and it really like makes him go nuts and he tries to take over, but like in a weird way. I don't know. It is really um, funny when he goes <laughs> because uh, Ned comes in and they see the lizard and, you know, Ned goes, oh, is that a dinosaur? And the dinosaur, you know, doesn't say, or the lizard doesn't say anything for a while. And then at some point he just gets up and is like, why, yes, it is quite so that indeed it's the next step of human evolution with this like suave British accented voice. And I was just, wait, what? And what he's building towards <laughs> is just to bad. say, everybody should be lizards, <laughs> but in this like <laughs> highly intelligent voice. Mm. So yeah, <clears throat> they meet all the villains. They know they're there now. And they try and round them up to essentially bring them back to their timeline, which is set up perfectly. But then they figure out that they were all brought into this movie or at this moment in time right before they died because in past they all died at the hands or fighting Spider-Man. So they're right before that point of death when they get pulled over and they collectively realize this. So they don't (laughs) just want to go back and be dead. They're happy to go back, but they wouldn't like to be dead. And this is where I'd like you to take over because the next part is kind of, okay, we'll cure you and then we'll send you back. That's essentially the goal right there, or from from Peter Parker's point of view. And you can get into the decision-making process there where he kind of persuades Doctor Strange uh, to, to, to let him try and cure all these guys. Um, my question, though, is if you cure and send them back, they're still back in the exact same time point right before they're about to die. Um, does their being cured change their whole mindset that the last two seconds of action change? Yeah, I mean, that was a little confusing to me. I'll say the following to that, which is, um, I think the major point here is these people were taken before the decision that led to their death. There's There's a small snippet of conversation where they talk about the last thing they remember and they essentially universally describe how they were about to achieve that final thing that would allow them ultimate power or whatever. And as we know from the previous movies, that is then usually where it goes wrong for them, quite wrong. Yeah. Um, so these people were taken at the height of their own arrogance and ego and power before they had made the decision that leads to their death. So with them then being ah. cured or with them not having that power anymore, I could see them go back to those moments and make a decision that is different from the one that led to their eventual demise. Point okay. uh, c- Case in point, the Green Goblin uh, in the first uh, Raimi Spider-Man movie, 
uh, making that telepathic decision to shoot his glider towards Spider-Man, who then backflips and he impales himself with it. Without the Green Goblin alter ego, the cured uh, Norman Osborn wouldn't make that decision, thus ending up not killing himself, thus ending up perhaps uh, continuing to live. Now, there are, you know, you could, you could debate that with a few characters, you know, like Doc Ock, for example, is... That time point would be way earlier. Yeah, so his time point, because he, uh, I think the moment he was taken was when he had just achieved his machine again. And then if he goes back, maybe he'll have the consciousness of mind to just go, okay, I'll, I'll shut it off, you know? Which he did have the opportunity to do so. Like when he yeah. told me the original was there. Movie because, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so it's not right before they die, but it's right before they make the decision that in essence it's, it's, leads to their death. Yeah, and I think for some of them, it's closer to right before they die. I mean, Sandman doesn't die in, the, it doesn't die in Spider-Man 3, right? He no. just kind of gets blown away by the wind. Um, but then he's also, he doesn't, his struggle is a bit different. He wants to go back. He just thinks that going back is easier if he gets, um, if he doesn't go through all the other ones being cured. Um, yeah, so he, he, I didn't, his motivation, the, the he was just there, I think. He was just there because he was one of the bad guys in the past. It, it didn't seem like, he. what was nice to see though was at the end of the movie, um, he does get cured, the sand guy, and he's back into human form. And you can, he still has that same expression of, of acting from the origi original movie. Of, yeah. And I was immediately reminded of this, like in his eyes, you, and his want back then was to go and find his daughter and to take care of her. And you could immediately see that again. And there were so many moments where these villains brought out expressions or phrases or whatever that just like gave you goosebumps and drew you back to the original movie. And you're yeah. like, damn, that was a really good connection. Uh, similar to the I'm something of a scientist myself line. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, a, but that was very obviously. I mean, I, I yeah. completely agree with your sentiment, but that was for the memes, though. <laughs> I, know, I know. And there were so many moments for the memes, which was great. That, like, what you could criticize about the movie, too. It's like, oh, they weren't just focusing on the story in the movie, but they were just focusing on also pleasing the fans, which is fair. Um, one if of my pleased. favorite mov movie moments, and this one brought me to tears or close to, and I. If I watched the movie 10 more times, I think I would still be in the same mindset, right, yeah. in that scene. And uh, this is towards the end when there's a big fight going on that in the trailer was edited so that you would only see one Spider-Man, but somehow those guys still got hit really hard by an invisible force. That was actually a Spider-Man. And uh, they're, they're having a huge final battle. Um, and MJ falls. And if you will recall in the... Uh, amazing Spider-Man series, his girlfriend, I forget her name, it's not MJ, it's a different name, but she, he fails to, it's basically a very similar scene where she falls and he's diving after her, and in the, in the original or in the Amazing Spider-Man movie, she dies because he wasn't able to catch her, and it's like a huge moment back then in the movie, I remember that like shattered me when I initially watched it, because it's yeah. like, how, how the hell is this possible? Yeah. Um, and in this one, Tom Holland's girlfriend, MJ, she falls and is screaming and Tom Holland dives for her and misses. And it's like, oh, my God, like some uh -oh. yeah, because the Green Goblin kick, kicks him out of the air as well. Ex exactly. So it's like, Jesus. Um, and then Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, jumps and dives after her. And you're like, uh oh, not again, not again. Oh, my God, not again. And he catches her right beforehand. And then. They land and it's such a small, it's like two seconds, but it, they left such an impact. Um, 
uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man goes, are you okay, Andre? She goes, yeah, 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 I'm okay. And then like, are you okay? And, and he, he tears up, yeah. He is like, he feels, I think he in that moment was was trying to just portray that he's finally got over his worst fear or his worst uh, um, regret. Yeah, I don't, his worst moment, yeah. I don't think it was him getting over it. I think it was him going, oh my God. Oh, I, I, I have grown. I can change. Yeah. You know, it, I, I finally... I didn't let this other person down. And shout out to Andrew Garfield for being, I, I mean, he nailed that scene. It was such a small moment, but it was so significant. Um, so yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes. Now we've gotten a little bit off track about following the movie chronologically. Um, I'll just hand it over to you to take apart your next favorite piece. <laughs> oh, but dude, we complete, we've left chronological order here. So I know, I know. Talk about the next bit. Uh, Spider-Man fights Doctor Strange. That's pretty fun. Um, they fight That's over huge. this box, which essentially sends them back because Strange wants to send them back immediately where Sp- uh, uh, Spider-Man wants to give them a chance. To, um, to cure and survive, essentially. Yeah, cure is, cure is a, yeah, exactly. Give, um, a, a ca- cancel their ability, so to speak, um, bring them into a right set of mind for those who are mentally altered and send them back that way so that they have a second chance where they came from. Yeah. Um, so they end up fighting over that. Uh, Spider-Man, surprisingly, I don't want to call it a win because they had very different objectives. Uh, Doctor Strange had the objective of just kind of disorienting Spider-Man and getting out of there, whereas they fight in the mirror dimension, whereas Spider-Man had the intention of um, getting out of there with the box. So this wasn't a fight per se. It was more like a, a clash of objectives. But Spider-Man ends up winning, which was really cool. Um, in a really oh, cool way. Oh, we had that funny scene where he pushes uh, his soul out of his physical body, but then yes. the body continues to evade Doctor Strange because of the spider sense. Really cool. And I've read more on this since we watched it. Apparently, mm-hmm. it's the first ever, like, non-live action. Like, it's a, you know, people-made movie, not like Miles Morales. But in the comics in Spider-Man, you can always see the spider tingle. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, his little squiggly waves. And in that scene, they made it possible to be, like, visible but in a proper non-cartoony movie, which I thought was an interesting touch. And that was something that a lot of, like it was to the Spider-Man hardcore fan base. I think they, that was like a little shout out, but very funny scene because he ends up, the last time we saw this was when Dr. Strange's mentor, I forget her name, the bald lady. The ancient one. Yeah, the ancient one. And the Hulk or Bruce Banner goes over and tries to, hey, we need that stone in in Endgame, I think it was. And uh, she just knocks him out of his body. And he's just chilling. They're like shocked, but Spider-Man can just swim back into his body, which I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, so that was a whole new element and a whole new level to that. So I really enjoyed that as well. <laughs> My next favorite scene was um, when the three Spider-Men, you know, sort of got together at one point, and just the amount of puns and over the decades we've now imagined how these conversations would go in that mean where they're all pointing at each other three spider-men mm-hmm. and it was essentially that like it, it was so great because they're waiting for their final battle to tackle all these enemies and villains and andrew garfield uh and and tom holland are very amazed that toby mcguire has like webs coming out of his like skin in his blood essentially while they have web shooters so they're like amazed at him and they're like, oh my God, you're, you're so cool. You probably have the best powers. And they're kind of just all hyping each other up. It's really funny. Yeah. And it kind of builds to a point where Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, he's a little let out, I guess, or like not as cool. And then Toby Maguire's like talking him up. He's like, dude, you are an amazing Spider-Man. You're amazing. You're really amazing. He's like, thanks, man. I needed that. Which is, you know, his, his Spider-Man were called the amazing Spider-Man. So I thought that was 
that was funny. Maybe it was funnier to me than it should have been, but. I mean, I thought it was pretty funny. I So they make the joke three times in quick succession. And the first time it happens, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I see what you did. Though. Then they do it again. I was like, okay, it's getting a bit a little on the nose. And then they do it a third time. And at that point, I just respected the commitment to the joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty dumb, but that's what made it funny. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, so what did you think of the movie? Without Yeah, overall, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, I had a good time watching it. Um, we we spoke about it briefly yesterday, but I think it suffered a bit from um, uh, Indiana Jones syndrome, uh, which is what I want to call it, which is that the main character's position in the plot didn't really Makes do sense. anything for the plot, you know? Um, all it did was, you know, uh, shit starts going, none of this would have ever happened, you know? Spider-Man's role in the plot was to initiate the problem but he had no reason. He had no role in solving the problem. The problem would have been solved thirty minutes into the movie. Um, yeah, the plot was like Swiss cheese. A lot of holes in it. Um, oh no, I, I don't think there's holes well, in no, it. No, because the main thing is Spider-Man's he... effect on the plot was just to extend it. The problem that that he created was solved very immediately. Quickly. Yeah, and then he has the battle with Doctor Strange, where he takes the solution to the problem away, essentially. To be able to try and cure these guys before he sends them back, which you know is admirable, and it's that whole friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, never kill anyone, etc. Try to avoid all that. But at the same time, if you had done that immediately, there wouldn't be an issue, and a certain loved one of yours would still be alive. And you know, there's a couple other things that that come with it. Yeah. Um, which that actually isn't something we've talked about yet. Um, but it. I guess that's Marvel too. And like he, from a hero standpoint, you have to make mistakes to learn. And then he does learn and, you know, eventually uses the, 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 the solution, but they do cure most of them, I think, which is yeah, all, all of them. them, all of them. And my favorite curing is actually uh, one of my favorite scenes is with, or most of them I think are with Doc Ock because um, he has a different relationship with Spider-Man because he was never really super, like he was power hungry and stuff, but at the end of his movie, he turned good and essentially yep. died to help yep. to defeat his own big thing. Um, and we learn in this movie is basically just because the, the chip that's implanted in his neck that connects the tentacles is somehow fried or over. I don't know. There's something wrong with it that essentially tilts the uh, motivation you are the control. The base that the tentacles control the person and not vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um and the first time Peter, uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man meets this guy on the bridge, he, he almost gets killed, but his nanobot technology goes onto these tentacles and like traps the tentacles and takes over control, which I thought was one of the coolest things because, uh, I mean, I don't know how, how reasonable or real, I, none of this is real, but I thought it was really neat because he was able to fully control the dude and just like make him do whatever he wanted. I thought that was pretty fun. Mm. And it showed you how much time has progressed since the first one, because now all these yeah. Stark technologies exist to like analyze and fix everything. So it yeah. took them about 30 seconds in the movie <laughs> to be like, oh, yeah, I made you a new chip and it's fixed. It's implanted. You're fine. Forget the last two decades. You're OK. Don't yeah. worry. Uh, yeah, but that, that was, was really cool. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that because it just also shows how um, we get a little glimpse of it at the end with... Um, Eddie Brooks showing up. Um, Tom Hardy's Eddie, Ed, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brooks uh, Brook showing up. 
Eddie Brock showing up where um he goes, wait a minute. So you guys have all these fucking superheroes and you got a man in a tin suit, which just shows us how how you know for and, th- and those movies take place in a roughly similar time um advancement kind of stuff, uh, which just shows us how technologically advanced the the mo- uh, main Marvel Cinematic Universe world is. And I thought that was really, you know, it was a good use of it. It was it was nice to kind of have it have it acknowledged, you know, because Absolutely. before for example, in um, um, Far From Home, you have a make a new suit in the fabricator, you know, super quick. And it's like, okay, is this something that is just Tony Stark? Or is this something that is generally appreciated amongst the larger world? And then in this movie, we kind of see these hologram screens and that sort of stuff in the larger world. And we realize, okay, this wasn't just, well, this is Tony Stark's influence, you know? Yeah, which is cool to see because he's not been in an MCU movie in, you know, quite a while now, in a few years. And to still see his like legacy play a role because um, yeah. they end up staying at Happy's place, uh, Happy Hogan, I believe. Yep. And um, he used to be head of security for for Tony Stark. And one of my favorite characters shows up again for the first time since Iron Man one. I don't know if you caught this, but Dummy is there when Dummy they first walk yeah. in, and he's like at the kitchen chilling. And I love Dummy, man. Greatest comedic timing ever for a machine in my opinion so there's a lot of really cool like small elements and easter eggs to this movie um the movie essentially ends with the fact that the reason peter didn't want to at the beginning send these enemies back or do the spell is that people will forget fully about him everybody which is aunt may at that time and mj and ned they all don't remember him or spider-man or anything really um, but for the greater good overall, that is what he decides to do at the end. And then he kind of has this you know, moment with MJ, who they're dating at that time. Says, yeah, you'll forget me, but I'll find you. And da, 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 da. And I don't know if you noticed this on the first viewing. I, had, I, I did have to admit, I saw a picture of it online somewhere. But when he walks into the diner at the end of the movie, he sees MJ and Ned and chilling there. And they've both been accepted to MIT, which is awesome. So that kind of has worked from his point of view, the motivation to like fix his friend's path but we see mj wearing a certain necklace in the diner uh we see her wearing the the dahlia necklace that he got her in the last movie briefly but it leaves to be speculated if um she still has some form of of remembrance or or something that could maybe uh lead to i don't think she remembers i think that was i think i didn't notice it i think it's a really nice touch actually but I, I don't think she remember. I don't think it's a sign of her remembering. I think it's a sign of her having an emotional attachment to the to the necklace, which could lead might to other things. To, to that, yeah. But I don't think it's. I don't think she remembers. I think it might be something that represents, you know, her later remembrance yes. at some point throughout the next movies. Whatever. That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I were to rephrase, it's kind of a, like a hint by the the producers, etc this could happen down the line because there's this object here that connects them anyway. And uh, I like that touch. Um, apart from that, the movie was really good. Definitely worth watching. I don't, I don't think we've, we've spoiled it, but we haven't spoiled it. Yeah, we've talked about a few things. But, you know, May I dies. mean... <laughs> 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 well... <laughs> and that's about 98% of it. <laughs> but if we want to conclude yep. with the uh, teasers at the end of the movie, Marvel is famous for two, and you were very adamant about sitting through the 
second credits to see the second scene, which was cool, which I think was the official trailer or something along those lines for Doctor Strange for the next movie. Multiverse of Madness, yeah. Which looked crazy because a character I haven't seen in a while, at least in movies in the MCU, is uh, Wanda. Mm -hmm. She will be featured there. It seemed quite extensively. So I'm very, very excited to see what happens there. <laughs> um, I just felt like laughing out loud in the middle there for no reason. I sent Scott a meme. The other trailer was, or the other teaser, the first one, as you mentioned, was with Eddie Brock. And the final significant thing there is, I'm not quite sure if I remember this correctly, but he at some point just disappears, right? He's yeah, arguing. He also gets sent back to his original world. He gets sent world. back, which is interesting because when he gets zapped back, there's something he leaves on the counter that it seems to be resisting this, this spell, which... Yeah, just a tiny bit of venom. And that's an interesting thing to already focus on that why does this spell not affect that thing yeah is it because also, it's not attached it, to the body anymore that was moved over or what's the thing but it essentially means now venom is in fucking tom holland's new york city yeah and that's which is really issue. fun also i mean the, the whole scene eddie brock never fought spider-man you know that eddie brock never fought spider-man that venom never fought spider-man so why was he brought in well toby mcguire spider-man mentions fighting his venom in, in his universe, yep, right? Yeah. So we know that venoms are also kind of exist between universes. So that um, happens. That happens in the when in the three Spidey talk scene, essentially, where they're kind of comparing what they've all done, and, and then Tom Holland goes, "I fought people in space," and yeah. and then Toby Maguire goes, "Oh, I've only fought things from space," and he's like very yeah. disappointed. At it. <laughs> so yeah, and Andrew Garfield just goes, oh, "I I want to fight aliens." <laughs> I'd like to go to space. Yeah, so um, overall verdict? Uh, fun movie. I'd give it a very strong, like, 8.7. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Like, an 8.5 or so would be solid. People yeah. are calling it the best movie ever, which is ridiculous um, in my opinion. The, if you want to really go for best movie ever, it needs to have a solid plot that makes sense from A to, from a to Z. Which this movie, that was, I think, its biggest flaw. But no one cares because... There's so much great like fan stuff happening. Yeah. Just reconnecting all these awesome characters and especially like people like you and me. We're in our mid-20s now. We grew up with these characters. These were like yeah. the first superhero movies I ever watched were Tobey Maguire's um, Spider-Man. First ones I've ever seen. And then came Iron Man after that. But the Spider-Man movies were like the... Man, I, I watched the all entire of original back. trilogy in the in the cinema with my dad. Yeah, when they came yeah me too, man. And to now have it back, is it's really cool. And those characters, um, I, honestly, of all of the reintroduced guys they brought in, the oldest character was clearly, or the guy who had changed the most, was Tobey Maguire. He looked so much older. It was unbelievable. Yep. Um, compared to, like, Willem Dafoe or Doc Ock, they look fine. Yeah, so movie's good. Recommend watching it. And I think it sets up a couple other very interesting storylines um, for the rest of the mcu there's also a theory that he'll make an appearance uh tom holland will in um hawkeye the series finale because apparently this movie is taking place at christmas time and that's like apparently it's very similar timeline to hawkeye's yeah, show hawkeye's taking place around christmas i haven't seen hawkeye yet so i don't i don't know exactly but there's there's that theory so that may be interesting but that'd be really fun also because um spoiler for hawkeye's uh, episode five um kingpin who's a famous spider-man villain 
Ah, interesting. I haven't seen it. So that's cool. But Kingpin was great. I hope, I, I wonder how they portrayed him because in Miles Morales, he was hilarious, man. He was, he, he was, was so big. He was wider than he was tall. Really fun. <laughs> he was the funniest character I've ever seen just by how he's drawn. I just want to see Penguin storyboard. on the big screen. Imagine that storyboard. They must have like made the storyboard four times as big to just fit his body on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Very hilarious. Yeah, so Spider-Man. Check it out, everybody. All um, right. On yeah. that, uh, I got to head out in a minute. Um, so why don't we draw this to a close? Sounds good. We will title this episode the spoiler of Spider-Man. Yeah, no way. <laughs> no way of watching <laughs> this without can... spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No way should you watch this if you don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. Uh, no way home spoiler. Something <laughs> All right, dude. Great. Um, um, yeah, I think in the next week or two, we'll, we'll be going now that the, the Formula F1. One. Yeah, now that yeah. the F1 season is finally over, uh, the final the testing happened, review. we can do a full season review of everything. Um, yeah, and that should probably be coming in a week or two. We'll see. Yeah, there. that might be worthwhile doing as a two parter as well. Because it'll be a lot. I've been, I've been re watching old races. Me and too, man. Stuff. Yeah. I, I watched the, the F1 YouTube channel release the top 10 moments of the season. Mm-hmm. And I almost forgot that half of them happened because the last mm-hmm. four races there were so much. crazy. There was so much. <laughs> like the time, I think it was Hungary, where Bata slammed into like four or five cars. Mm-hmm. And just, it was insane. So yeah, a lot to talk about there. And we'll cover that uh, extensively in the next episode or two. Yes. Awesome. On that note... Thank you very much for tuning in. Have a good week and we'll talk to you soon. And Fourth Advent. No way home if you're in a country that allows it. Yes, not Maastricht in the Netherlands anymore, but um, I think Germany still has some seats free. So check it out. Yep. Awesome. See you then. See you. Bye. Au revoir. Bye bye.